Good evening and welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. My name is Mike Brampton. And I'm Julian Hogue. Tell me, Julian, how on earth could we consider a conversation going from lions to dentistry? Hmm. I think we'd probably have to get Martin Bryce in from South Africa, wouldn't we? Let's get Martin Bryce on. Let's get him on. Hi. I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Hope. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. This is Veterinary Ramblings calling Martin Bryce. Can you hear us? I can hear you loud and clear, Mike. Excellent. Thank you. Hello, Martin. How, how the devil are you? I'll, I'll raise a glass to that. Good to see you, fella. Cheers. <laughs> Good to see you too. How long have you been over here for, Martin? I came over literally as I qualified. So I came over at 95 and my first job here and I went back after a year and did another couple of years in South Africa so mm-hmm. I haven't really practiced much as a vet in South Africa so most of my practice is here in the UK right. right I worked for a South African guy in Wimbledon really nice chap the cases he used to see in South Africa and the cases uh, we see here very very different aren't they because most of the cases it appears in South Africa are parasitic yeah, you're used to running. I mean, you, most of your consults will be a blood smear. You know, even if you were doing a vaccination, if you picked up a little fever or they they just weren't quite right, or you got very good at guessing uh, hematocrits or PCVs based just on your, you know, quick. And yeah, that's about a 22. I think I better check that one. <laughs> yeah, you get very used to running lots of smears. Um, yeah. So, quite fever. In the summer, sick by fever and parvo is pretty much all we used to deal with. Interesting. Just in case anyone's listening and who doesn't have a medical background, hematocrit is a measure of the amount of red blood cells within the body as a, as a proportion of the of the total volume. So a low hematocrit uh, basically equates to, to anemia. Unless, unless, of course, you're Lance Armstrong, in which case then you'd stand a chance of having a high hematocrit because Lance Armstrong and his buddies used to boost their red cell count by taking EPO, which is erythropoietin, and stimulates the production of red blood cells. So, there we go. Very naughty boy. I, I must say, uh, we, we do not condone this. Uh, c- certainly certainly for, for viewers or listeners, if you're having a little friendly tennis match with, 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 uh, with, with colleagues coming out of lockdown and you want to get the upper hand please do not take erythropoietin it's it's just wrong okay guys just 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 say no or say mm, maybe if there's a lot of money riding on it yeah yeah of course um for our listeners your greyhounds have naturally high hematocrits yeah of course they do do they actually have higher erythropoietin levels though no, I don't know. I don't. Come I, on, I don't let's, let's, bring this, let's, let's talk about this. I want to talk about this because obviously, gra- uh, yeah, a lot of uh, yeah, you've done it now, Martin, haven't you? <laughs> a lot of greyhounds are raced. They are yes. institutionalised. They are trained and they are raced. Now, I have to say that I have a real disquiet about discussing dog racing. It's not. Uh, it's by no means my. Uh, anywhere you'd catch me, and uh, I don't agree with it at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, but greyhounds are race. So we know that greyhounds, salukis, and the sighthounds are fast across the ground. Yes. If you took an average greyhound that had never been raced, are you telling me that he would have higher than an Alsatian or a collie dog schematocrit? Go on, Julian. Yes. How much? About 5% on average. Higher. And I had a, a long chat with uh, with Huilemo Kuto about this. Just name dropping <laughs> Nelson and Kuto's medicine bible. They're uh, uh, a constant bedtime companion of mine in my earlier years. Uh, but I met the great Huilemo Kuto. He uh, he does a lot of work on greyhounds, and yeah. he was investigating the, the theory that they do have a higher erythropoietin uh, in inducible enzyme level. Or hormone level rather uh, than than most other dogs, but yeah, they they all seem even the ones that are never ever raced will tend to have a higher hematocrit than uh, than, than uh, 
Mm. I think I, I can uh, attest to that only very recently because I don't know when the last time you saw a greyhound puppy in your clinic, but we actually have a greyhound puppy that's been bought as a greyhound puppy. And mm. uh, it recently came in to be neutered and we did run a PCV on it or a mascret yep. and it was higher. And it's obviously never raced, so it, it does happen. Oh, there we go. There we go. In, interestingly enough, you mentioned greyhound puppies. Yeah. And uh, last year we had someone... Uh, Ma- Martin. Martin. <laughs> we, 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 we can see you. We could, we could see Martin there. Just, yeah. you know, look, look at, I don't know if he was reading a birthday card or something. Mm. Oh, no. It's, it's Martin. Martin's oh, gosh, gosh, it's Martin's Martin. birthday today. Happy birthday, Martin. Happy birthday, Happy Martin. Birthday. Thank you. Oh, wow. I mean, we've we've had some guests on our show over the time, haven't we, Julian? That we have, yeah. That have, yeah. have done all sorts of things, like one guest sent us bottles of whiskey and and all sorts of stuff. But we've not had a guest as dedicated as Martin Bryce for giving up his birthday evening to join us on Veterinary Ramblings. Greater love for Veterinary Ramblings hath no man. Indeed. Thank, thank you so much. Not even you and me. Huh? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. No. It was my birthday. I think they off me. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm be bloody recording on my birthday. <laughs> so, so, so on, on, on that note, then perhaps we should um, we, we should say happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Martin. Happy birthday to you. you. That's a great and many drink. more. Yeah, this is great. Should we just raise a drink? I'm going to do that. Happy birthday, Martin Bryce. Thank you very much for joining. Happy birthday, Martin. Last year, we, we had someone bring in a litter of greyhound pups that they had rather astonishingly found in a, in a hedge. Every few years, someone does this. I found some greyhound or some lurcher puppies. No, they are fox cubs that you have got there. Uh, Regards oh the ones to the tails. <laughs> it's, it's a fairly <laughs> common thing. <laughs> yeah, no, when you just don't see greyhound puppies, then I'm just uh, kind but, of like a, a species that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't exist. They don't. It's very, very rare. I've seen many hundreds and thousands of greyhounds, but one litter of greyhound puppies. I did a stint in, in Birmingham, so uh did see my fair share of greyhounds. Ah, there we go. There we go. Mike's stomping ground. Why Why did you see your yeah. fair share of greyhounds in Birmingham? Where were you? Perry Bar? The main clinic was in Southern Coldfield, so we didn't see many greyhounds there. Right. We had another clinic, Great Bar. And then another one in the sort of more in the black country across that side, and we used to see them there. Well, that, that's because Perry Bar was a greyhound and speedway track. That's where the, the Birmingham Brummies speedway team used to ride. The motorcycle riders would ride their 500cc, no brakes, motorbikes, sideways around the, the oval track. And then two nights a week, the uh, gra- covers would be called, pulled back off the grass, and uh, the greyhounds would race around the outside. And then further across in the black country, heading towards Cradley Heath and Wolverhampton, were also speedway and dog tracks. Good British working men's sports. Motorcycle racing and, and dog racing. And I, I can go for the motorbikes because I ride a motorbike myself, but uh, not so much the dog racing, I'm afraid. But that's a personal thing. Tell us about, tell about your balloon, because Martin has a rather nice balloon off of his uh, side there, a little helium well, balloon. Is that uh, a Star yeah. Wars thing of me? That's a that's a Star Wars remote control BB-8 droid. That's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's de- definitely I, I, one. Yeah, I'm not a big Star Wars fan, but um, you know, I, yeah, so I got a few Star Wars things. <laughs> so okay, so, so here's a start of a ten. Which you you've got the chance yeah. to watch Star Wars. You've never seen it before. Which order would you watch it in? I would personally watch it in the order in which, um, I, what, what's it called? Sort of in the proper order, as in not the order that they were filmed in, but the made in. 
but the, in in the order of, of um, chronological order. Thank you. You'd, you'd, you'd watch it in chronological. What about you then, Julian? Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I'd, I'd never seen them before, and um, my, my my daughter wanted to watch them, and so I asked a friend of mine who is a I don't know if, it, if it's Star Trek. They're Trekkies. What what are they? The Star Wars Warsians. <laughs> anyway, I, I asked him what what would be the order, and he said, just as you, Martin watch them in in um, filmological chronological order so right. yeah, episode one two three four five six so we did that seems to work okay it's a fairly coherent story i i, I that's exactly Lovely. how i watch them i find it bizarre that three people who would probably star wars was going on whilst we were growing up and was was the hot movie to watch every other year as each new episode came out and we've never seen them i deliberately didn't watch them because because they were so popular i thought no it's not every game of soldiers i'm gonna watch something unpopular i'm gonna watch the big lebrowski or something like that oh, <laughs> or Paul the rebel. Or... Huge Absolutely. Rebel. <laughs> well tiny rebel <laughs> i don't know T- talking about watching things tell me martin have you ever come across Johnny Morris. I don't recognise the name off the top of my head, no. Am I supposed to do? Well, you've missed out. Your your childhood was obviously deprived. Because you, you, you've done some work at Bristol Zoo, haven't you? Bristol Zoological Garden. Work at Bristol Zoo, yes. When we were growing up, and I say we, obviously Mike's much, 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 much older than me. But when... <laughs> you bastard, you always... <laughs> When we were growing up, there was a guy on television called Johnny Morris. He had absolutely no formal zoological training whatsoever. And he was asked to do some presenting, to stand in for somebody else one day. And he, he did and realised he was quite good at it. So he did this thing called Animal Magic for years, where he pretended to be a keeper at uh, the Bristol Zoological Gardens. And he'd have fake conversations with, with, with all the animals so he'd, he'd vocalise for them. And there's a whole generation of kids who've grown up listening to uh, to warthogs. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and hippos who, who, who feel like that. God, they put another, put another open bit in that box. Oh, you um, <laughs> Martin, Martin, you, you do veterinary medicine at Bristol Zoo. I do. I do. I, I look after their teeth. <laughs> when the animals talk to you at the zoo, mm. yes, <laughs> they do talk to you, don't they? We heard them. They do. They do. Oh, that's all right. That's okay. Good, good, good. I, I was panicking for a moment there in case in case Julian was suggesting that Johnny Morris made it all up. And yeah, no, 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 no. He didn't make it up. No, no, no. He facilitated their vocalization. That's he, what I meant. Oh, mm. I, I was worried then because that was. Suddenly, my whole childhood was going to collapse. No, no, don't, 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 don't worry, Mike. Don't worry, Mike. Okay, Martin, be a little bit careful. Let me try. He's fragile. <clears throat> so good, good. Tell us about Bristol Zoo. How did you get involved in that? I, I got involved a few years ago. The first animal that um, I looked at was the lion, or Khan, I think his name was. And uh, Khan had a sore tooth. You know, like the lion with a sore paw, and he had a lion with a, mm. a tooth. I suppose to zoo vets, they're kind of used to this when they're doing all their work and things. But I, I remember getting there the first time and you, you were told to stand here, not don't move, we're, we'll, we'll be back. And uh, off the zoo vet goes, you know, and you hear, you're like, oh, okay, this is really happening. <laughs> yeah. Ten minutes later, they come back and say, yep, he's ready for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, we tried to fix old Khan's tooth, and um, and then from then, one of my assistants actually did uh, probably the vast majority of the work um, at Bristol Zoo. But recently, they've moved off to Dublin, so I've been doing carrying on with the work since then. So it's always very interesting, and I have to learn very quickly about different formulas, dental formulas, and uh, it's intriguing. It's absolutely mm. intriguing. Yeah, it's really good fun. So your first experience of, of, of zoological medicine, Martin, was with a lion. Yeah. Uh, oh, Khan had a sore tooth, and uh, we did try and fix him. And uh, it was quite a nerve-wracking experience, having to listen to a lion roar right next to you. But um, What, you did it consciously? Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> no. Um, 
Zuvet disappeared into said enclosure, and luckily Zuvet came out, <laughs> and Lion was suitably flat out on his side. It's, um, it's like an explosion, isn't it? Like an explosion yeah. when they roar. It's, it's yeah. huge. It's not quite an experience. You put your hand in a lion's mouth and take some x-rays of its teeth. <laughs> what, with, with your hand it's in there as well? <laughs> so, well the Radiological Society aren't going to say anything about this, are they? <laughs> You kind of have to put your hand in and get that plate down nicely. And oh my goodness, I tell you. Oh, before you take right, your hand um, out, right? Okay. Ah, okay. Fair, Fair enough. enough. So, where, where did you put the pulse oximeter probe? I can't remember on the lion, um, but uh, we certainly have one going all the time at the moment. You'll be pleased to know. I am very pleased to know. You, good, you might good. be intrigued to know that a lion in 1984 is the first recorded use of pulse oximetry in veterinary medicine. Really? Was that you, Mike? Yeah. He asked, expecting the answer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was at London Zoo and was also a dental procedure. Hmm. And uh, we were faced with, can we monitor the lion during its anaesthesia using a pulse oximeter? To which, of course, I went, yeah, 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 no problem, we can do that. <laughs> and of course lions don't have fingers which is the normal no. place for humans to be monitored on and or toes as such they've got dirty great big claws and and and, and paws and the the dentist of course wants to see what he's doing mm-hmm. and doesn't want anybody mucking about around the mouth so the normal position for a pulse oximeter probe in veterinary medicine is, is of course, the, the tongue across the lingual artery. So that's out. What we actually did was, using the adage, a well-perfused capillary network, with, with minimal, oh, with minimal <laughs> pigmentation, Sorry. That, that is accessible, and... and, and, and Okay, you can use the clinical term prepuce if you wish. I'll use the I'll use the general biological term that other people who are not medically trained will recognise. We put it on the end of his willy. So there's one big drawback. What's that then, Julian? Yes. I'm just talking about the preparation for the procedure. Sorry. <laughs> so what, what did Khan have done on his teeth then? He had a periapical abscess, see a little abscess at the base of his tooth, his canine. Very good. Um, oh gosh. Yeah, so we did a root canal over a couple of weeks. We did some investigative work initially, and then we did a root canal. Got some other some other dental vets in as well, so we could all have a ooh and a ah. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. It went it went very nicely. Unfortunately, Con then succumbed to renal failure. So, yeah, was it the renal failure? Do you think that could have triggered some of the um, dental problems, or or the the long standing dental abscess triggered? Some yeah disease so yeah it wouldn't be anything to do with the anaesthetic of course would it (laughs) certainly not so so tell me martin have you read the book because you're obviously involved in 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 doing these knockdowns on 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 zoo animals now um have you read the wild animal capture anesthesia book i have not you have not. I've got it. I've got it on the shelf here somewhere. I'm not going to go out and try and find it again. Uh, no, I didn't write it. Didn't I? I thought you did. I thought you wrote. Did you not? Did you not? But, but you you have one of the few uh, licenses for uh, for dancing, don't you? I I have one of the few licenses for wild animal capture in the UK. Yeah, it's astounding sometimes about the things that you do, Mike. <laughs> It's amazing, it's, it's, these things sort of creep out of the woodwork. Well, yeah. So I find myself probably one of the only wild capture, certified wild capture operatives in the southeast of England. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, I have to say, and you'll probably back me up on this, Julian, and probably you too, Martin, there aren't many hippos, rhinos, elephants, lions, tigers, or other wild animal species that I am licensed to capture. 
which just proves to show how effective the control measures have been. Thank you. Under a Conservative <laughs> government. <laughs> have you ever got involved in a thing like that yourself, Martin, in, in South Africa or around? No, I, I, I did it. I did a bit of work when I was doing my, you know, my clinic rotors in Natal. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a little bit of more just sort of monitoring, counting. We did uh, sort of rabies injections in some of the townships in the area where you kind of just drive through and you just pick up any old dogs and you jab them mm-hmm. and go on and jab the next one. You just mm-hmm. vaccinate as many dogs as you can. But I have, yeah, I think my wildlife rotation was spent mostly driving around game reserves pretending to do work. <laughs> I think it was two weeks of, um, yeah, not an awful lot of work. Yeah. Sounds, sounds idyllic. Sounds yeah. fantastic. But, uh, yeah, it is certainly a big business, and I've got um, a number of friends that are, you know, they're big into that and, and have, have got now some very successful businesses, you know, where you can pay and off you go as a vet. Um, and it's something I, I think well, now that my life is a little, little less busy. Um, is something to, to 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 think about because you can go off on these game capture courses and do everything from darting to the helicopter ride to rounding them up. It's, it's pretty exciting mm-hmm. stuff. It's amazing, and obviously always trying to help with the poaching and everything. So yeah, it's good. I am very South African, and we miss South Africa, but uh, we're here now. So, so is that a, is that a plan for you for the future? Possibly. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I enjoy, I very much enjoy working in the UK. I think it's a fantastic place to be a vet. Having worked in a few places in the world, I, 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 um, vets here are privileged, you know, to work with the public here that are so intent on looking after their pets properly. In general, it's um, a remarkable place to work, I feel. That, that's actually very interesting, isn't it? Because uh, that's the second time in two weeks we've heard those particular sentiments. Yeah. Really? That's very nice to actually hear from somebody that's come to these shores and mm. practice your skills and, and use your qualifications to help our animals and our people. Um, but that was that was reflected by the ex-president of the BVA recently. It, it was. It was very much so. And it's, um, it's an interesting thing. I guess there, there, there'll be three potential contributors to that. There's the paying public. There's the freedom or lack of freedom or, or the, the, the restrictions placed upon you as a vet. And, and, and there's the medicines and, and techniques and equipment available. Which of those, if any, would you say are the most relevant to your enjoyment of, of practice in England or in the UK? Or, or none of those, something else? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's all of those. There is a very, I, I don't know, there, there is a slightly inherent difference it varies a lot from area to area, but one of the things that I you do find in in, in a lot of places um, in South Africa potentially is that the animals are there, the pets are there, they are there for a lot of security. They perform a slightly different role in the family. So the the, the human pet bond, I think, is is ever so slightly different, and I don't mean that in any sort of derogatory way or hmm. or anything. I, I, that then integrates with money, insurance, uh, availability of equipment, and, and yeah, and, and those that, that all then links together to give you a, a profession that really I think um, is a remarkable profession. And, and um, yeah, I, I can't really explain an awful lot more, but it's something to do with that human pet um, bond that is very slightly mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. I think it's, and, it's uh, different in. Different in every country the, 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 yeah. that we've spoken to, or the, the, the vets of which you've spoken to, isn't it? And, and as you say, there's no right or wrong to any of them. And I guess within that, growing up in South Africa as you did, and, and, and now knowing that there are differences in the way that people treat their animals or wanted their animals treated in England, what, what made you initially become a vet? What, what was the spark there? The, the spark was to, I, I did enjoy working with animals, but I had this real quandary, I think, at, uh, at some point when I was about 16 or 17, trying to decide, did I want to become a, a businessman and, uh, and be an entrepreneur and, uh, and do all sorts of anything? I, I just had an awful lot of ideas, 
but but somehow there was this kind of thing that kept nagging at me that I, I, I wanted to be a vet. And I went and went to the vets and made sure that I got experience. And I thought, I really enjoy this. But And I, I, I struggled initially to, to try and get these two ideas to marry. And But within a short period of time, I, just, I think a lot of vets in South Africa were, we certainly were all independent. There was no corporates. There was no nothing. And I mm. could see that actually my two interests could quite easily gel together. And for me, it was just, it seemed like a natural fit. I could mm. be, I could be a, an ideas person, which helps you in your, in your veterinary career. You have to think about things. So whether you're thinking about how to, uh, your next business idea or how to make something work, you just as easily can be thinking about how to use your veterinary meds, veterinary knowledge to work out what's wrong with your, with someone's pet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's why probably gravitated towards medicine far more than I do orthopedics because certainly my wife would, would attest that I'm not very good with a drill. <laughs> I don't mind tea because it's much smaller. Um, but uh, I think yeah, yeah. bones have always been a little bit of a, an issue. Sure. Uh, sure. Uh, Martin, some of our listeners and a couple of our guests have actually been orthopedic surgeons who would, would say that they were medical. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they take they take very poorly to the uh, the view that they're not medical if they don't uh, if they hold a drill. But yeah. so, so you 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 did your degree and then you came straight over to, to the UK. Had you planned when you were doing your degree to, to move over here, or was it a spur of the moment? Or we had it was ninety five, so we had just gone through uh, the release of Nelson Mandela. It was quite a. I think um, an, an uncertain future at that time in South Africa. And um, I had a British passport. So I felt that I wanted to register and give myself options if, if there were, if something was going to go wrong or, yeah. or anything. I have family in, in Wales. So I'm terribly sorry for you. If there's anything I, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think, um, well, yeah. Yeah. Rugby, Wales. Mind yeah. you, it's important. I don't think we should. Uh, <laughs> no, we should. <laughs> playing at the moment, we probably shouldn't be saying too much about that particular thing. Uh, yes. Though being South African and living in Wales, it's quite an interesting um, experience because they they love us because they, they you know they love rugby, don't they? So, mm. And. Um, I actually watched the the final of the South Africa All Black game in Bilth Wells in the middle of in Mid Wales on a on a Friday night or Saturday night, whatever that was. And uh, the party in in Bilth Wells that night was huge. It was the biggest party I'd ever seen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, rugby brings us all together. So rugby is it does good it does. I, I went to I went to a rugby match in um, uh, Cardiff. A few years back, there's a friend of mine lives in Evervale, and so we we, we had Evervale play in Cardiff, and I, I I went along as a as an Englishman to to a to a rugby match in Wales, and there was another friend of mine from from uh, from England. We went to see this uh, this, this Welsh friend of mine. We were, we were chatting and joking away and making all sorts of uh, ribald comments in the um, in the stands, and this lady in front of us turned around and said, you're not clever and you're not funny. At which point my friend said, well, actually, between us, there's three of us, and we actually have five degrees. And and he's done some stand-up quite successfully. So I think you're wrong on both counts. <laughs> she, <laughs> she wasn't impressed. Although she couldn't think of a word to say. <laughs> is, it, is it worth taking a moment there to explain that this sort of banter, this, this to and fro, is really what makes rugby stand out from lots it of is. sports? And, you know, if you'd said something it, like that at certain other sports, you would, in various degrees, have been knifed, mugged, shot, or, uh, or ejected from the ground. But uh, in rugby, with couple of drinks on board it's accepted as as friendly and you give as good as you get don't you it's a, it's a you, you do you do everything that's said is measured 
and laughed at or agreed with. If there's if there's any disagreement, then it's okay. You get me a pint, then, Sonny. But it's all fun. It's all. Hey, everyone! Before we dive back into our conversation, we've got a really exciting announcement. That's right. Today's episode is brought to you by Adaptix, the ultimate solution for veterinary imaging. Are you tired of struggling with? bulky imaging equipment that's a hassle to use. Well, then it's time to upgrade to Adaptix. With its compact size and unparalleled precision, it's a game changer for veterinarians everywhere. From diagnosing conditions like arthritis and osteomyelitis, to examining nasal terminates and tympanic bully in exquisite detail, Adaptix has got you covered. Plus, it's perfect for those exotic patients too. So, If you're ready to take your practice to the next level and give your patients the care they deserve, then head over to Adaptix.com to learn more. That's Adaptix.com. A-D-A-P-T-I-X.com. And now, back to our conversation. Mr. Martin, you you say you're quite derogatory about drills a moment ago, and yet you've qualified and you practice dentistry yes but you see they're nice little drills with only little little drill bits i can i'm happy with those and it's it's all the, the other drills and, and things on. whoa 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 uh, time out time out time out we're giving it all this big macho rugby talk and now you're saying you're not man enough to handle a big drill <laughs> what, what, what's, what's going oh, I on? I never said I played in the scrum. Huh? I never said I played in the scrum. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what, what you particularly like about the dentistry is the fine, the fine detail work. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the fine detail work is 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 very very um, interesting. I think that I found a a real little uh, niche in how how much subtle disease there is and how much we can do for our pets when we find little holes and little problems and the amount of times that animals come back and uh, feeling so much better, clients not even realizing when they, when they came in that there was anything wrong. We do a lot of behavior work as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, it's part of our behavior workup that we are, we search for, um, dental disease. We look hard for problems in the mouth. M- mouth pain. We, we, we've all had. Well, I say we all. Have, most of us have had toothache at some stage in our life, and it is it's excruciating. Yeah. And yet, you, you look at someone with toothache, and they're in a bad mood, but there's nothing on the outside that suggests they have toothache. And so, uh, I think our clients are often surprised when we say, "Your your dog, your cat." Your lion, in your case, Martin, um, has has toothache. Let's see if we can sort it out. And and you're absolutely right. They they come to you two or three days later and say, you know, you really made a difference. I didn't notice there was a problem. It, to me, it's one of the most rewarding and at the same time the most frustrating parts of of being a vet because trying to convince the the owner that actually they're going to have to invest quite a lot of money in uh in sorting out their, their pet's mouth because because dentistry is expensive the, the drugs are expensive the time is is, uh, is expensive and, and and for an average if there is such a thing as an average dental procedure we could be looking at one to, to three hours uh for for, uh, for 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 a full mouth workup clients are going to be worried at the cost surprised at the cost and sometimes angry and yet, two or three days later, they say, gosh, you know, that was, that was amazing. There really was a problem. I hadn't noticed it. Yeah, it's, it's really a, um, a discipline where you have to have, um, you know, you, you have to believe in yourself. And uh, you need to be extremely convincing. And, I, I've, you know, I, I get to the point where I'm just brutally honest or, or brutal and say, your to- your, you know, your dog's got a sore tooth. And this is exactly it. He will be feeling exactly as you would if you had um, a low-grade chronic dental pain. And yeah, he's eating and seems to be continuing as normal. But um, every time he eats, every time he chews, he moves his food to the other side. 
I can guarantee you that he is not using that tooth because he's no different from you and me. It does take, you know, years of, of consulting to, 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 to get the right balance. But, yeah. um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, many, many times it gets proven over and over again. Um, I think you're right. And, and, and cats are, are perhaps even more of a problem because cats are, are very secretive eaters anyway. Uh, and, and they'll come in for their annual checkup and you, you'll, you'll open their mouths and have a look and, and touch a tooth. And, and they, 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 the jaw judders and they pull back and, and, and you'll say to the other, look, there's a, there's an exquisite root here. You know, there's, there's real pain. But what we don't want to do is to make the owners feel guilty for it because actually, there's nothing that they would have noticed necessarily because cats are secretive that way. So there, there is a balance, act. isn't there? Yeah, there is a real balance. Yeah. yeah, very, very much a balance, but it's building that trust and getting that trust. And uh, I think that that's, uh, yeah, I've been in Emerson's for, for 20 years, so or 21 years or something. So um, I've, I've, I've been there, done it seen their kids, I'm treating the kids that were coming in, I'm treating them with their pets now. <laughs> wow. And that's and that's wonderful, isn't it? Seeing generations of owners and and generations of, of pets. And we've we've spoken with, with, with previous guests about the uh almost the, the, the wonderful gift that's bestowed upon us as vets of of seeing a pet from birth to death and, and perhaps helping to ease that that uh, the latter part of that process. Yes, no, well, yeah, I, I I agree hundred percent. As I said it before, um, I'm in a very privileged position and uh, I appreciate everything that I've been given. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you do you do endodontic surgery as well as exodontic, and um, you, you don't just do extractions. You'll do uh, fillings and, uh, uh, and root canals and. And now, is that is that just on lions, or you do root canals on, uh, on dogs and cats as well? Uh, we do lots of root canals on dogs and cats. Um, uh, we do orthodontics, endodontics, exodontics. Um, so the, the plethora of um, um, cockapoos and all the all the poodle crosses, we get a we get a our fair share of. Uh, dental abnormalities now so mm-hmm. we have we're pretty busy fixing po- poodle crossed mouths uh, so. and so would that be um putting um you say orthodontic so putting braces on uh brachycephalics and uh other, other overshot yeah. jaws undershot well, jaws yeah not so much on the brachycephalics to be fair mm. more just the sort of um deviated canines that are impacting into the palate or something like that. So, um, yeah, and, and putting in um, sort of braces um, and plates and things to move teeth around. Yeah. Um, we also, but but a lot of a lot of the times, uh, there's a lot of extraction extraction sort of orthodontics, you mm-hmm. know, where we extract teeth to, especially you know, deciduous teeth, baby teeth, you know, yep. to help ensure that the adult teeth comes through in the right place yeah now i i spoke to someone the other day who was using 3d printing to produce braces for uh the mm. human teeth has that evolved yet into the animal field are you, are you 3d printing yeah, yeah, braces? I, there is certainly a, a a very um very very good uh, veterinary dentist um they using 3d plates that they're printing uh, Repair um, jaws, uh, fractured, fractured jaws in cats. Mm-hmm. Um, so contour them nicely. Uh, so using the CT scanner, obviously, to build up the 3D image. Mm. Um, and using that as a template in order to make 3D plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, 3D, you know, using printing to make up a plate. Not stainless steel plates, but uh, I, I'm not entirely sure on all the. Uh, there's some sort of composite, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, you can get. I think. I think there is the ability to to print stainless steel plates or something, but it's just enormously, massively expensive or something. 
Yeah, absolutely. But but actually, three D printing generally has has come down in price. I I did a three D printed fracture repair last year, sometime a skull fracture, and um, I sent it off for a CT scan, and they did a three D CT scan of it, and then uh, said to me, "Do you want us to produce a plate for you?" And I said, "Yeah, fantastic." So they produced this plate that that, that conformed fantastically. And, and made it really easy to, to repair the fracture. And, and these things are, they're becoming affordable to the, to the average GP vet, aren't they? Oh, no, it's incredible what, um, hmm. what can be done. And, um, now, I mean, we're doing more and more. We were trying to, we're, we're trying to source at the moment, but, you know, trying to source cone beam CT. Hmm. Cone beam CT is much better definition, uh, than your traditional 16 slice CT. So, yeah. Yeah, and again, there, there, there's some amazing companies uh, doing that. So, uh, sorry, Mike. Are you are you doing are you doing crown work? Are you are you sort of? We do a little bit of crown work, but right. not very much. Um, but I, I, we'd like to move into a little bit more crown work. Um, it's just getting the the skill the skill levels up and getting enough throughput to get to get the crowns done. Um, Traditionally, the crowns were done on the police dogs and things like that because they need, you know, a reconstructed, decent crown, especially on a canine. And so if you weren't doing any police work, then, then it kind of wasn't done an awful lot. Is this, is, this but, so um, your, is this so your police dogs could get a good grip on the burglars and the bad guys? Exactly <laughs> the case. Right, okay. It's nice. So with... Um, but what's becoming more and more evident, and in certainly more of us are doing it, is um, so you fractured um, premolar four or the conassial tooth, the big chewing tooth in the mouth. Mm-hmm. One of the problems of doing endodontics on that tooth is just its potential for refracture um, or the composite not handling, you know, day to day life in a in a dog. Um, and because you can't say to them, don't chew this too hard. Yeah. And you, you know, you can't tell them, well, this got you into this place the first time around. So don't do it again. <laughs> um, so what, um, what I think that certainly a lot of us are trying to work towards is doing the root canal of, um, that conassial tooth and, and then having it back in and, and, um, and, and crowning it so that we're getting double protection. Do you still do TV work? I did. After I had that little song with you, I did two episodes of. Oh God, I've got to say now. Um, do you know? Do you know what? I love, love the idea that Martin can't remember the name of the TV show that he was on because <laughs> because it's just so. Nah, whatever. Yeah, I've been on TV a few times. I was on a local re- uh, t- TV. Show in my first job, I was um, called by the RSPCA to check some sheep out that were neglected, and it was a it was a really cold day. It was pissing down, and I was called to check on these two old ewes that, that had clearly been neglected for, for years and years, and I had to catch them up and, and check the, the hooves. And you know, catching two ewes that have never been caught for the last 10 years is quite tricky. Mm-hmm. However, I caught them each within a minute. The second one, I slipped momentarily while trying to catch it. And the only part, <laughs> the only part of their filming they showed was we were going, 37 times. Bastards. Bastards. Utter bastards. Have you remembered remember the name of the TV show, Martin? Yes. It was Vet Tale. So we, uh, it was a kids program where they, they teach children or, or kind of show them what happens in a, in a veterinary surgery. Mm-hmm. The first one was um, uh, about a cavalier with some dental problems. And they explained, they did quite, you know, they, they did some quite, detailed stuff considering this was for four or five year olds maybe six six year olds <laughs> about so, you know and 
and dental work and what they need to do to look after their pet's teeth and 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 all sorts. So that was that was episode one, and then I think I did episode twenty uh, or, or so um, with my two daughters, and we had rats with breathing problems and fat rats. So we had to put the rats on a diet and exercise the rats. And then I, I also did um, a stint on high rise syndrome in cats for BBC History. I didn't quite know why it was BBC History, but anyway, it was for BBC History. But never to be seen in this country. It's only to be seen in hotel rooms. You know, it's kind of random BBC stuff that you only ever see when you're in a hotel room. So you might find, you might see me one day when we're allowed to travel again. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm in a hotel room. That, that, <laughs> so, so, so this this TV show talking about these four to five year olds. So they they told you the the, the basics then that uh, be aware of spontaneous recovery using metatomidine and ketamine whilst anaesthetizing wild animals to do dentistry work. Uh, yes, I think it was nearly as complicated as that. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite, but nearly. <laughs> nearly. So listen. Martin, I, I'm really enjoying speaking to you here, and I'm learning, learning so much. I'd like to ask you, on, on Veterinary Ramblings, we, we've mm. got a challenge, which we call 60-second CPD. Have, have you come across this at all? True, but I, Ma have. Martin, I have. Martin is have nodding been. with the same sort of nod that a convicted criminal gives. He's, yeah. he's not looking happy about it. <laughs> Oh, oh dear, I hope they'd talk so long they'd forget about the 60-second CPD. So, 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 Martin, the 60-second CPD challenge, are you up for it? I'm up for it. I think so, yes. Okay. So tell us, what would you like to do your 60-second CPD on? Missing teeth. Missing teeth. Okay. Missing teeth. You have 60 seconds to talk to us about... Missing teeth. Well, I'd like to talk to you all about uh, missing teeth in young dogs. So any vet that's newly uh, qualified or anyone that's out there doing sprays and castrations, I want you to take the time, once you've tubed it and got it nice and stable on the anesthetic, to look in its mouth and look for some missing teeth. All we need to do is count and um, know what the, the, the numbers are supposed to be. But I want you specifically to look at the first premolar tooth on the lower jaw. So that would be uh, 305 or 405. So the first premolar, is the first premolar there or not? I want you to take special uh, attention if it's a boxer or a brachycephalic breed and if that 305 and 405 is missing, hopefully, if you've got a handy x-ray machine, any type of x-ray machine, take a picture. Because if that tooth is embedded in the bone, very likely, at some point, a cyst will develop. And that if you find that missing tooth, if that tooth is sitting embedded in the bone and not visible, then send it to a vet and let's get it out. Send it to a dentist and let's there we get go. that tooth <laughs> I I had to, I had to let that run, Martin, because Sorry. I think as a as a as a very simple and straightforward piece of advice, uh, Julian, would you agree? I think that's it, Joe, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we, I, I we, let that run, even though you gave sixty second CPD in ninety three seconds. It was an inflationary oh CPD, and it was, it, was again. it was great. No, 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 it was it was fantastic. It was good, and, and it is so important. We've all seen cases as passing vets. We've all seen cases, particularly with boxers, that, that tend to have this um, uh, gingival hyperplasia problem that, that, that then causes teeth to become sealed under the gums. And they they get these these chronic painful cysts, don't they? And the owners. Are in no way aware, nor, nor, nor necessarily should they be. It's up to the vets to to point it out at a at a routine examination, a vaccination, or um, uh, or, or six monthly health check. And that 
owners is why you go and see your vet so that they can pick up things like this. Those cysts completely eat away the bone so that you can have a boxer with hardly any bone left in his lower jaw. I, I, and, I, did, uh, I saw a boxer present with a fractured mandible for, for precisely yeah. that reason. Yeah, yeah it, it chewed a, a Kong or, or other, other chews are available. Um, not to this boxer, it was a Kong. Um, and it, it, it chewed it, fractured it's, it's, it's mandible. And, and um, yeah, completely, as you see, because it, it's um, uh, 305 had, um, uh, had, had uh, formed a cyst that had eroded the, the, the underlying mandibular bone. Not, not, not yeah. wishing to detract from the seriousness of the subject, but um, there was a famous Mike who was a boxer, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I think for something terrible, Mike Tyson. I think he's he's managed to pay most of his solicitor fees through uh, through cameo performances. <laughs> Five but, minutes. But actually, um, yeah. oddly enough, uh, was asked to perform but turned down um, the Royal Shakespeare Company's Othello. What Mike Tyson was going to play Othello? No, sorry, I've got, that wrong. I've got that wrong. No, some other fellow was asked to play. I'm, I, I'm very sorry, I, I, I misread that. I do apologise. No, Mike Tyson was never asked to play a fellow by the Royal Shakespeare Company. I do apologise. My, my mistake. My, my bad, that. Yeah. He was asked to play Leo, wasn't he? He was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. This evening has suddenly denigrated into, into ridiculous cheap jokes. It is about that time, isn't it? Is it? Well, okay. Speaking of jokes, then, Julian, is it, if it's about oh, that time, oh, do you have one. a joke for us this evening? I've, I've got, I've got a no. joke. Now, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Martin. Julian tells a joke. It's part of the I contract. Julian and, um, tells a joke. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. If we're talking about, uh, yep, Shakespeare. It, 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 might, well, it we, might, might be about lions or dentistry or something. What's your joke about, Julian? So the man walks into a pub and he's got a lion with him and he's got a giraffe with him and he's got a zebra with him. And he says to the landlord, he said, can I have um, one, two, three, four, four four large brandies, please? And the landlord said, you can't come in. You've got got a bloody leopard. There's a lion. You can't can't come in with a lion. What's that? You've got a, is that that an impala? No, it's a a giraffe. We can't, you can't come out with a, what you wanted a lion, a, 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 a giraffe, and was that a gazelle? No, it's a zebra. Well, I don't, I don't care what they are, you can't come in with them. We're paying clients, you know. Give us your, your, your the, the brand is, we'll, we'll pay you. Well, all right, but any trouble, and you get out. All right, fair enough. So they, they down their brandy, and um, they have another one, and uh, the guy says, uh, Do you, I, I think. I think a southern comfort all round, actually, for, for, for my guys. So four, four large southern comforts, please. Um, and the, the lamb was one for the, one for the tiger. Then no, 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 he's a lion. All right, then one for, one for the kudu, the giraffe. All right. One for the impala. That's, that's a zebra. All right. I, I, I'm no good with animals. There's your drinks. Come on, just drink up. Pay up. Come on. And this goes on. For a whole evening, and, and and eventually the giraffe gets a bit wafty, as well sways and boom, collapses flat out on the floor, and, and the guy doesn't notice. And the man goes, "Here, here, here he, he, he's falling out. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We'll only have three drinks now. He's falling out. Doesn't matter." And so they, they have another whiskey to finish off with. And then he starts to leave, and the guy goes, and he gets the, 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 the lion, he gets the zebra, and off they walk. And the barman says, here, 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 you can't leave that lion there. He says, not a lion, it's a bloody giraffe. Will you not learn, you thick twat? I suppose it's polite to laugh, isn't it? <laughs> Please laugh. Please, it makes me happy. <laughs> okay, I, I've, I've got a joke. I've got a joke. Go on, then. Go on, then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a variation on an Australian joke. Okay. All right. A lion, a cheetah, and a hippo walk into a bar in South Africa. Pretty normal day, really. <laughs> when, I, when I was at college, someone said to me, yeah, there's a stand-up night, an uh, open mic night at a, at a local pub. 
you should go in for it. And, and I did. I thought, I can tell the odd jokes, no problem at all. And, and I didn't prepare. I thought, oh, I'll tell a couple of jokes, be fine. I went in and, and uh, held the mic and went, uh, and that uh lost me. <laughs> you can't recover from an uh. So I have immense respect for um, for, for, for stand-up comedians. They, 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 they're worth their money. Sounds like one of my anaesthetic lectures. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys. I, I think we've learned lots tonight and we deserve a certificate. What do you think, Martin? Ah, fantastic, yes. I want a certificate. You want to do that? Lovely. Oh, Here, you go. Here we go. It's your CPD certificate. There we go. CPD certificate. This says certificate of more knowledge. This certifies <laughs> yet more facts have been crammed into your craniums. So I'll put a bracket there because I wasn't sure the craniums should in fact be crania. But there we go. Uh, it's crania, is it? Not crania. Well, it could be crania. I'm what's, not sure. What's the, what's the singular of scampi? <laughs> well, maybe scampi is the singular and scampi. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. We always, <laughs> no, we always order scampi. It's scampo. Yeah. Scampo is the singular. Is that real? Yeah. Is that on your yeah. CPD certificate? It's oh. scampo. It's not on there. But it's scampo. It's scampo. It's scampi. Anyway, how Why is it? Why is that on your C- that, That's oh. awesome. What a real I fact. Should, I should put a little scampi. They're, they're scampo. They're all real facts. Now, one thing we haven't had a chance to chat about, Martin, is your love of yachting. And so I, um, I put a little you. picture of, of a friend yacht there. Thank However, there's a, there's a picture of a, of a cheetah. Um, and, uh, and this is a lion. There we go. Really? On top of the right corner there, it's a lion. It just looks like a brown pile of fluff. It does. So yeah. It's great. This is my favourite oh, picture of a lion. This was, a, this was London Zoo. Was and they, and they, they just put their brand new glass wall on the enclosure. And this line was lying right up against the glass. And the static electricity, this perspex right on the glass, pulled the mane right up and fluffed this lion's mane up like the hair bear bunch. Excellent. And I, and I realised when I was getting a, a, a CBD certificate together earlier on today that I don't really have any pictures of teeth. But I did have this one here, uh, which is a picture of, uh, of, a, of a, a mountain or a rocky outcrop called yes. Dont de Géant. Mont Blanc. It, it is absolutely just off Mont Blanc. We've had some fabulous CPD, particularly from you, Martin, and we really appreciate that. But in order for it to qualify to proper CPD and to, to, to validate the certificate in the eyes of the RCBS, Quality yeah. or quality subcommittee or quality assurance subcommittee or the subcommittee of the subcommittee of the RCVS, we have to reflect on the CPD that we have received. So, Martin, could I ask you to join with Julian and I whilst we, we reflect on the CPD that we've received this evening? And do we do we sort of? Do this. Uh-huh. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. Yeah, you've got to put your, 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 Silent your, your, your hands on. Silent reflection, please. Sagaciously under your chin. Mm. I'm, I'm often reminded when I when I do this um, this reflection that, that I must paint that that wall. There's a bit of a patch there. <laughs> Martin, thank you so much. No worries. So much. It's your birthday. It's your birthday, and we've we've had you talking for a couple of hours. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. Wonderful chaps. And 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 at this point, if I could say, yeah, Martin Price, thank you very much indeed. Happy birthday! And if any of you have enjoyed listening or or watching the show, please don't forget to to like, subscribe, so you can be told of the next or upcoming episodes. And follow us. Click like and follow us on. YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, iTunes. Is that it, Julian? Uh, uh, YouTube. Yeah, I um, said that one. Did you? Did you? Uh, that's it. Uh, Google. 
uh, podcasts, uh, and that's, I think that's it. I think you've covered everything. Yeah, click, like, share, share it with a friend. Just, just watch it wherever you can and like it. Yeah, or listen. And if anybody knows anybody in Antarctica, because that's the only continent that we're not listening to, that, that don't listen. Can you believe that? Antarctica, you still... penguins and all that wildlife. They, they must be watching us. They must be. They must be, but they're not. They're, they're, just, not. they're just not getting in touch with us. They're not getting in touch and they're not showing up on our writing. So if anybody knows anybody who's actually in Antarctica, give them a nudge and tell them to have a listen or a watch to Veterinary Ramblings. Tell them to stay inside. They may be somewhere. Indeed. I think if, 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 uh, if, if, one of us, if one of us gets you a guest from Antarctica, I think we should be invited back for a second go. How's that? Absolutely. Definitely. Well, we look, for, we look forward to your second appearance on Veterinary Absolutely. Ramblings. Martin Bryce, thank you very much indeed. May your dog go with you. May your dog thank go you. with you. you thank you care. very much. <laughs> Martin, thank you so much. I can't believe you've given up your birthday night to be with us two idiots. Honestly, this is above above and beyond. It really is. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Have you enjoyed yourself? Yes, I have. Thank you. I have yeah. relaxed and um, yeah, I, I yes, I have. You have good, good. Uh, Thanks. Uh, it's, it's been lovely like. meeting you. Well, thank you very much for.